Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whoa, I did not see this one coming. I had no freaking idea this author in Shonen Jump was about to drop a bombshell like this. And pretty much tell us, yo dog, are you serious? You know, you like it. It's ending. It's entering its final arc, baby. Now, I know probably a lot of people are thinking like, yo, Fenev, for real, like how many times is this going to happen now? What's going on? Hey, I'm not in charge of Shonen Jump. It just is what it is. Another author has indeed confirmed that his series is ending. And I ain't going to lie. Part of me is kind of like, huh? Like legitimately, it almost seems as though Weekly Shonen Jump Magazine, Shueisha, and everybody that is in charge of the editorial department and in charge of that entire conglomerate that they're doing over there has almost seemingly given up on some of the latest generations of manga or there's a little bit more in the way they're moving and we're gonna jump into all that and everything else in this episode of the only news source that provides anything and everything anime manga related and we don't bore you we get into it let's do it Yo, you're definitely going to want to subscribe and hit that bell because all of these manga that are getting canceled, you never know what's going to go down. And I want to give you guys the scoop and keep you in the loop. So definitely hit those bells. Because legitimately, people, I know you're probably watching this video, especially if you're a regular of Forever News. Like, yo, dog, again, another one that's entering its final arc or ending or being canceled, like being removed from the magazine, being switched to a different. Like, it's been a lot. It's been heavy. And this has been really going on for the most part, a lot of it over just the last few months alone between the Ayakashi Triangle whole scan of having to be removed to Jump Plus and Viz Media not wanting to publish things with it. And then we have My Hero Academia, Koei Horikoshi, at the end of last year, basically saying, yo, dog, we got one more year left. We got Black Clover entering a three-month hiatus and then entering its final arc. Like, it's insane. And then we got another one. Yes, another one. But the problem with this one is that I didn't see it coming because the author has been up, down, left, right with it in terms of, yo, dog, hey, my series is gonna end soon. Oh, yeah, actually, never mind mind that oh no is like yo which is why i always tell people that yeah the authors can say a lot of things a lot of people like to hang on to the words of yuki tabata author of black clover that he said yo it could be as long as one piece sure anything like i could write a manga right now and theoretically it could last as long as one piece however if your series ain't doing the numbers that the higher ups want expect and are hoping for then it's just not happening so when i heard this one i was like hajime komodo hajime komodo nani sore desu ka daijoubu desu ka de verdad yo no sabe lo because yes, everything is winding down. My hero's winding down. Black Clover's winding down. This generation is winding down. And the next generation of manga, or so I thought was going to be the next generation of manga, ain't looking like the heavy hitters that I thought they were going to be. But I think there's a little bit more of a nuanced situation here. What I mean by that is the author of Martial Magic and Muscles, aka Hajime Komodo, he has come out and yet again said that Martial is 
basically heading towards its end. In fact, he said, we are going into the final arc. And that automatically is very, very complex and just kind of makes me think a lot. Because, for example, Hajime Komodo, one of the things was, I want to say it was probably over a year ago now, he came out and said that Marshall is like halfway done, it's almost done, or something crazy. In fact, I want to say he said the series is halfway through its run. So basically, at that particular point, a lot of people were like, what do you mean it's halfway through its run? At that time, I believe it had like less than 100 chapters or just about 100 chapters. And everybody was going dumbfounded of like, how? And then following that, a few months later, we get word from Hajime Komodo that the series wouldn't be as short as initially thought. So a lot of us was like, okay, so something clearly changed there. Maybe he was going to end Martial Magic and Muscles, thought of something, and the higher-ups was like, yo, everything is ending right now, and your series is next up. Where are you going? And I was like, okay, bet. And I was like, boom, that also probably means that Studio Piro or Toei Animation or might get their hands on it. I want to say or might get their hands on it because, again, it would be a long running thing it would just make the most sense if it's Imperial's wheelhouse of ongoing anime but here I have on my desk right now well not physically on my desk because everything's digital now you know how it goes but on my desk essentially is a letter from Hajime Komodo the author of Martial Magic and Muscles one of the next big ones out of Weekly Shonen Jump sells nearly a hundred thousand copies every first week with each volume hasn't even had an anime yet hasn't even got an announcement for an anime yet and Hajime Komodo is talking about we're going into the final arc and again you might be thinking doom and gloom but let me explain it after we read what he says hajime komodo has confirmed in marshall's volume 11 afterward that the series is entering its final arc wait 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 wait, wait. final arc final arc and again that just contradicts what he just said that initially i thought it was going to be short but I, like like what you said it was halfway over a year ago and then change your mind and then now no we're going into the final arc so something there happened behind the scenes whether it be a contract dispute whether it be shueisha's moving things around here's my theory and what i think is going on because in case you haven't realized everything has changed within the anime and manga industry as things have gotten more mainstream the way they're doing things is different historically they've always made it that as far when you get to anywhere from about depending on how successful you are 70 something to 100 chapters you get an anime adaptation announced about a buck 30 in maybe a little less or more give or take boom your anime goes and it lasts as long as your series is popular and then they figure it out from there however with series like demon slayer becoming just something unheard of it's actually started to look a little more lucrative to focus on the anime side of things opposed to just like yo let's maximize profits of the manga because demon Demon Slayer, the manga, ended back in like, what, 2020? Early 2020? Here we are, 2022, and we're still, what, we're going into like season 3 of Demon Slayer, and we probably got a few more years left of back-to-back, like, hey, season 3, season 4, season 5, season 6. Which is crazy, because they just didn't do that, and not only with Shonen Jump, Weekly Shonen Magazine, like, Hiro Mashima, creator of Fairy Tale, his original work, if I'm not mistaken, Raid Master to this day, fans are like, yo, dog. You never finished it, man. You never finished the anime. And that was a common trend. There's a lot of classic anime, amazing anime that just stood with like open endings because it's like, yo, dog, the manga's still going. We wrapped it up. Like, ah. So it looks as though Shonen Jump and Shueisha are deciding, you know what? Opposed to going that route, how about we go a different direction? We focus on getting all the money we can on the anime side of things and put it out and really focus on, hey, if you love the anime, we're going to give you the best anime possible. And manga fans, y'all going to rock with it regardless because y'all love manga. 
That's what I think anyway. It could be totally different. It could be, I don't freaking know, a scandal with Hajime Komodo behind the scenes. Or just in general, Hajime Komodo's like, I don't think I want to draw anymore because he has shown in his author comments that we keep track of here on Forever News. Subscribe, hit that bell if you haven't. He spoke a couple different times to his dismay with drawing manga and kind of like probably a little bit more challenging for most people uh, than they initially expect because the life of a mangaka sounds like hell. I know you're probably thinking like, yo, Fenev, how is that hell drawing all day? I've seen it. I've watched documentaries. I've heard all of these authors for years and years and years and years complain about how they're killing themselves for our entertainment. Trust me, it is worse than probably even like a hardcore construction job because hardcore construction job, you work in your 8 to 10 hours, you go home. Manga over there in Japan for Shonen Jump, sure there's a big reward if your series blows up, you could become a millionaire, all sorts of stuff, but imagine 21 hours hunched over on a desk thinking of ideas to the point where you're passing out on your desk. And maybe I'm wrong and I shouldn't even go that far to say like, hey, drawing is more hard work than that. Uh, that's not necessarily the whole point of what I'm saying. I'm just saying you don't understand if you really haven't heard about what it's like to be a manga in Japan, let alone for Shonen Jump, that it sounds like hell. So I always encourage too, if like you're getting into the writing manga, writing all, whatever writing arts in general, know that it's a tough road ahead of you, especially if you want to be a manga someday, because as it stands right now, there's not really any avenues for anyone outside of like being Japanese in Japan. Although I guess there's a possibility that some of these other authors are actually not Japanese and going by pen names to avoid people asking questions. And speaking of series that are coming to an end, what if I told you that My Hero Academia's author just kind of admitted that pretty much the fans ruined something massive with the series due to their impatience and yeah. And something that was supposed to happen way earlier in the story, he had to push back exactly 25 volumes. Yeah, you remember how it came out recently that My Hero Academia's author Horikoshi came out and said like, yo dog, I had to rush some stuff. The villains was coming in and making people feel a certain way. The fandom was dropping. Things wasn't looking good, which pretty much seems to be the case with My Hero Academia. And I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I don't care how this feels right now. I am going to say it. That is one of the stupidest things that I've ever heard. That the antagonists of the series makes people not care especially when in my hero academia the antagonists were pretty damn freaking awesome and they had their own type of motifs and they've just been really cool honestly that is one of the most dumbest things for a fandom to be upset and not wanting to or losing interest for that matter when in fact when it comes to my hero academia myself included a lot of people would say that my hero academia oftentimes feels like it gets carried from the epicness and the awesomeness of people like shigaraki like when the villains the league of villains go through and do something crazy I go nuts when we got Shigaraki's backstory my villain academia all of that that was insane when Shigaraki was with his feet on top of Endeavor's neck that's what I was like yo this is epic stuff so when you go to this and you tell me that yo dog pretty much Japan was like flocking away from my hero academia because the villains was getting more involved I just always look with a side eye like that's some stupid shit it's just flat out that's dumb as hell but recently in some comments in a My Hero Academia volume, Kohei Horikoshi came out and said, yeah, they, they really did it to me and they really ruined everything with the big Aoyama reveal. The Aoyama reveal apparently was supposed to happen in volumes 9 through 10 of My Hero Academia according to volume 34's extras. Maybe this goes with a previous statement where Horikoshi said he had to cut out a lot of content in the training camp raid due to the pressure of low popularity in that arc. Remember Hori saying the popularity declined when we got 
got the villains introduced during the training camp arc so he rushed it this person's translating volume 34 extras and Horikoshi is basically saying he altered his story for the Japanese readers and again that's just wild I'm not even gonna lie like there's a possibility that My Hero Academia could be even bigger could be even more popular if they would have got off of that high horse of no we, we, we don't log villains in a story about good guys and super villains I'm sorry I'm not no 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 it's super villains they're interesting villains what's the beef why would popularity drop that's that thing with the Japanese culture I'm not gonna lie but considering the fact that manga and anime guess what it's mainstream now guess what it's not just an exclusive thing that it's mainly in Japan worldwide there's a lot of series that they make more money outside of Japan than in Japan so you're not gonna tell me that oh just be no My Hero Academia is the number one selling manga in the US for two years in a row 2020 and 2021 My Hero Academia trumped over everything so you cannot tell me that there's no reason no incentive no mindset of like yo dog france america mexico all of these places really love manga and anime really support and buy manga and anime and i feel like another era that the japanese are making is allowing the soul dictating thing to be those darn toc contents of you know the rankings and the popularity like okay sales definitely couldn't have dropped as soon as he did that unless he dropped the volume right around the time the training camp arc went and that could have very well been attributed to other things of why that volume may have tanked. Let's just say there was a volume that dropped around the time the training camp arc was going on in the Weekly Shonen Jump magazine and the volume sold really bad. It could have been a variety of different things including like maybe nobody cared about what was happening in that volume. Some people are going to of course say well what about if it was a volume that also had more stuff that was focusing in on the villains and I would say why Japan? And I think here's where things are going to have to take a turn and they're going to do this eventually it's just a matter of getting to there. They've already started to do it where they started making those big reader surveys for the popularity polls for the character popularity polls they started putting those for global releases so if there's a dragon ball one everybody around the world can participate and i think they also need to do that when it comes to these things because let's just say the villains are hated in japan but everywhere else they absolutely love the villains are you going to just say screw everywhere else simply because of the home country or are you going to look at it from what it is and at the end of the day it is a business and hey it's also a really good thing that business wise it may have made sense but also it goes along with the story to allow the author to cook the way he needs to cook like flat out i guarantee you and i'm not even just saying this from other people's perspective from my own perspective that big reveal that was pushed for 25 volumes that's why it fell flat that's why there was a lot of people that were disappointed with certain aspects of it that's why people didn't go as crazy for it as they should have because it was hinted so long ago and a lot of people almost thought that horikoshi forgot he didn't forget he was about to drop the bomb and nuke people right then and there he had to push it back because we know like villains in superhero, supervillain manga. I'm just saying, dog. Like, wow. I mean, the villains are so freaking cool that even on My Hero Academia related news, there's also something that Toga is gracing the cover of. I believe it's what? Jump Giga, if I'm not mistaken. Like, look at this cover. It, it looks so freaking amazing and incredible. Like, you got Toga on the cover of a magazine, which means clearly that there's an audience for Japanese. But here's the thing now that I think about it, because like if the villains are so unpopular or people have a problem with the villains, then why are you marketing this other magazine with one of the villains from My Hero Academia on the cover? It's something very bizarre, but skipping a plot point for 25 volumes? Like, imagine, I don't even know, like, like imagine they skipped, I don't know, 25 volumes or something with the big Toby reveal in Naruto, or that's just what? And I mean, regardless, shout outs to My Hero Academia, but all of that does sound a little bit cray cray. And unfortunately, Kohei Orokoshi, this is probably why he's already like ready to go. It's probably like, yo, <laughs> we've been 
been through a lot in these days and I'm ready to get out of this magazine. Like, I'm interested to see as well if we're going to see more of these Shonen Jump authors heading to different magazines. I would love to see one of the big dogs go to Weekly Shonen Magazine, but I'd imagine those contracts are wrapped so tight if they even look in that direction, just like what happened recently to Boichi potentially because Boichi just randomly got canceled because Boichi just randomly had to stop his new series in Weekly Shonen Magazine after jumping over from Jump. Like, I don't know if they'd let it happen, but it would be really cool and very awesome for competition. And another weird news, like this is really bizarre in my opinion, but maybe it's not so weird. I don't know. It's from my perspective. Like y'all know that there's an author and an artist for the Boruto manga. There's Ikamoto and well, whoever the hell is doing the story at this particular point. Originally, it was Ukyo Kodachi. They removed him, made a big unofficial announcement that Kishimoto was going to return the original creator of Naruto, but yet he has never to this day been credited as doing the story. He's only been like the supervisor or the original creator. But I say all that to say that Ikemoto, the guy that does the art of Boruto, uh, he's a very odd guy, and in case you don't know, like, the main villain of Boruto right now, or one of the main villains, although I'm not really a big fan of his, Code, he does something with claw marks, and he's constantly clawing everywhere, and apparently that was inspired by the artist's cat. But I'm not even gonna lie, this dude, Ikamoto, sometimes he makes me look at him a little bit like, yo, yo, you good? Because <laughs> dude has a massive, I don't want to say obsession, whatever you want to call it, for his cat. Like, this dude really, really loves his cat, and when he drops these cat comments, you're gonna be like, this is the guy that is doing the art for Boruto? Okay. Ikamoto's message to the readers from the back of Boruto Manga Volume 17. Volume 18 is slated for release later this year on September 2nd, and there's a little picture of a cat next to a sink to just show a little bit more about Ikamoto's love for his cat. And it says here, Ikamoto's author comment from the back page of Boruto Manga Volume Number 17. Even though I made some arrangements to have a drinking fountain for my cat, it's become a trend for my cat to drink directly from the kitchen faucet at home. That's why he drew that, I guess. The basic drinking style is for my cat to just gulp down the water. Why are you watching the drinking styles of your cat? But okay, either that or it seems like my cat's favorite way to drink water is to just shove their paw into the stream of running water and then lick at the droplets a little bit at a time. It takes a while. My cat can spend more than 10 minutes drinking like that. Since it's the human's job to twist the tap, I basically have to pay attention and watch over the faucet until the cat is satisfied and leaves. This is a bit of an inconvenience when I have a deadline coming up. Yo, dog, stop worrying about your cat and draw a I'm just playing like, yo, enjoy yourself. I'm, 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 I'm totally joking. Relax before people say, what is for another world screaming at out? No. Coincidentally, this volume has the usual unveiling and introduction of a few fan-submitted original characters, and they were all associated with cats. Since the main storyline is quite brutal, try to take a mental break by looking at the cats. Um, I'll be honest with you. This Ikamoto guy is something else, dog. Like, there's already a lot of criticism. A lot of fans aren't the biggest fans of him in particular when it comes to the Boruto story because of his art. Some people say that his paneling isn't the greatest. There are some examples, especially early on. He's improved a lot, but early on of the Boruto manga's art being a little bit dicey and at times you look like, yo, dog, what happened to Naruto? What is he looking like these days? Like, what's going on? And I'm going to attribute all of that to this dude's cat. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I, I, I just had to report on this because every time I see these authors doing something a little bit odd, I'm like, these are the guys that are drawing these stories or writing these stories that we really love. And some of us, maybe not me particular, but some people, you know, they worship some of these characters, some of these things. And it's like, yo, he's looking at his cat drink water and obsessing over it while you're like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, this was a silly little segment that I thought I'd throw in there so you guys can understand a little more about the dude that's drawing Boruto. Watch there be some haters that come in. This is exactly
exactly why Boruto sucks. He gotta stop thinking about his cat and just draw. Yeah, totally shouldn't be human and enjoy the company of whatever it is that he likes, including a cat, a pet. Um, he should just, you know, constantly, nonstop, just be with a pencil in his hand. And while I got you here, let's jump into the top 50 best-selling manga volumes of the week. See what's popping on this side of things. For starters, we got 50 through 41, and it starts off with a manga that I'm like, Nani sore oitsu maho gakuen no saikase. 12,904, basically rounding off number 50. Then moving up, my dress up darling. A lot of people are really liking that, and this is mad random, but I just want to blurt it out. I met a real world, like in the real, nothing to do with the internet, Chainsaw Man fan, and it was the coolest experience. If you're watching this, if you just happen to know that I was for Neverworld or some shit, and you was talking to me about Denji and Makima, and shh, Makima's listening. Shoutouts to you, girl. But then moving forward at number 44, Eden Zero's latest volume 20. In 10 days, 26,000 copies. I keep it a buck with you. That is not great at all. That is just yet again another example of... I'm going to keep it real. I personally think that type of shonen, like the fairy tales, all of that 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 bracket anyway. Basically, everything that goes that boy that's working through a dream, the, the classic shonen formula. This is showing that it's starting to fade out. It's starting to phase out into something different. Like People don't just want the boy with a dream type of thing anymore they want a little bit more substance so you're gonna have like the boy with a problem and maybe he also has a dream on the side or something like that and just you know very unconventional and that's probably why a series like eden zero which again i'm not caught up so i can't exactly say but that probably is why eden zero especially in the beginning that i did see doesn't pop off immediately because it still felt like a shonen from the last era essentially like i'm really starting to see that things are changing and people just don't necessarily gravitate towards that type of shonen like they used to like people are always going to love of course naruto's one pieces and bleach but people like things a little bit different nowadays the algorithms have changed so to speak even one piece is being affected by that old era of shonen kind of being phased out like in terms of just sales though like in terms of popularity one piece again i gotta just keep on stressing <laughs> it dominates especially the internet you drop a big chapter of one piece everything is quiet and i don't know how i got to one piece when we're talking about eden zero but shout out to hitomashima regardless because he's gonna do twenty six thousand copies on that volume 20 of eden zero and then he's gonna drop a volume of Fairytale 100 years quest and probably do another 20 something 30,000 first week or whatever and then he's going to do a video game and that's how he's going to get all of that money that your favorite mangaka that's selling like half a million first week or whatever Hiro's going to get it by doing a bunch of other things that he's probably going to have a blast doing then we got Dragon Ball Super volume 18 13.9 184 I still say that's one of the most badass covers and it's kind of showing like it's still in the top 50 21 days later with almost 200,000 sales that's really good then Tokyo Revengers volume 26 with 14,840 uh 959 it's closing in on that mill I really do want to see it actually hit that mill before it bounces that's kind of like almost a prerequisite I feel for like the super top dogs like the Jujutsu Kaisens the One Pieces the Tokyo Revengers like I just have expectations at this point considering I've seen them do things that it's just like how are y'all selling that much that's crazy Easy. Then jumping to 40 through 31, we got a couple more of those Detective Conan spinoffs, Volume 1 and 2, doing 15000 apiece, bringing both of their totals to over 400000 Again, those are books that was released quite a while ago, I believe two years ago now, but because they got an anime adaptation, it's making waves for them. We got Darwin G. Hen, Volume 4, 17000 What else? Kanajo, Mo, Kanajo. I'm not going to lie, that cover art is a little bit like, yo, what's going on there, lads? Then we got Volumes 30 through 21, going at number... 
December 26th, we got Tokyo Avengers Character Book 2. Yo, selling 76,000 copies of a character book? Like, they, they, they know. They know. They know. They know. Spy Family at number 22 with a volume 1 through 3 box set doing 30,000. Like, remember, right? So, in total... And this was released just fairly recently. Probably they were like, yo, dog, we know the anime is blowing it up. Let's make sure we cash in on this bad boy. 128,000 copies of a three-book set. So you think about it. You got to times that by three because it sold three books with it. So essentially, that's over 400,000 worth of sales if you really think about it. Like, that's kind of crazy. And also, they could jack up the prices because it probably comes with a wraparound or extra box set or something like that smart again i keep telling you guys like shonen jump situation all these publishers they're changing the world is changing and they're following suit uh atelier of witch hat volume 10 i've heard so many great things i believe it's getting an anime as well i've heard so many great things from a friend of mine over on twitter uh that this shit is just really awesome and it did thirty thousand in four days i really want to see that anime but the manga's art looks so freaking amazing like that looks really good keep your ears peeled for that one again atelier of witch hat and i'm probably butchering the name there uh, then number 20 through 11, we got a bunch of Spy Family all through here at number 19, 17, 16, 12, 11. Y'all see what it is. The anime right now is going crazy. Everybody's going wild for it. And yeah, it's just, it's dominating and jumping straight into the top 10 is more Spy. Oh my God. There's five Spy Family volumes in the top 20 through 11. And then there's four more in the top 10 because number 10, 9, and 8 are all Spy Family, 8, 4, and 5, selling about 40 something to 50 something thousand and a piece comey can't communicate a full seven days sixty thousand. so i'm i'm always fascinated by that right because it's been out for a little bit but it actually just got its anime not that long ago a netflix exclusive and with a seven day total after a netflix season one push this is what a slice of life like comey can't communicate can do at volume 25 60 000 copies it's just a an interesting thing to look at like okay so that's what a series like that can do with a netflix push if it doesn't go massively viral because comey can't communicate it was big but it really was wasn't like blowing up everywhere then at number six one piece volume 102 60 000 bringing his total of 1.491 almost 1.5 for one piece massive success to it uh number five detective conan volume 101 77 000. like see that's the big thing right because they're only a volume apart conan and one piece and look at that like don't get me wrong of course they're different publishers but one piece at 102 is still doing 1.4 conan at 101 331,000. Massive difference. They've been running almost exactly the same amount of time. So that just shows, again, One Piece's greatness. But shout out to Detective Conan. By no means am I trying to slander it. I love Conan. Like, that is my favorite mystery anime ever. Period. Coming in at number four, Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 19, 106,000. Again, 1.4. Jeez Louise. That's. Big, 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 big stepper. Spy Family Volume 9, uh, the latest release in 21 days, 901,000, closing in already on a million. And it's been 21 days and it's still in the top three. Just think about that for a second. It's been almost a month, three weeks, and it's still top 10, top five, top three. Wild. Number two, Golden Conway, Volume 29. Y'all know that's about to end soon. 158,000. And number one, again, Tokyo Revengers for like, what? This is the second or third week in a row or something that, yeah, 197,000, 627,000, over half a mil, over 600,000. Tokyo Avengers, even with a cover that I don't really care for. Good job. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the weekly Shonen Magazine author comments, courtesy of Jose underscore K. And let's start off with Ken Wakui at the top of the TOC this week, author of Tokyo Revengers. I bought a new chair on Impulse, and the caramel-colored leather look is so darling, and I need a new chair. 
this chair is starting to be a, a mess up. You know when you got kids and they mess with your stuff? Yeah, this chair is falling apart on me. I, I need a new chair and I'll be in this chair. Probably not as long as you be in your chair because you manga cousins. I salute y'all gods, but yeah, <laughs> I can't be in the chair that long. We got Yusuke Nomura, author of Blue Lock. I've been having so much fun capturing the boss that I haven't made any progress in the story. Because of this, my kid already finished the game. What game is he talking about? George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ippo, said, I was moved by Ryota Murata's bravery. Hiromashima, author of Eden Zero, said the creator's laboratory project has introduced Rebecca and the Machine Mansion. And I believe he's referring to that little fan video game, if I'm not mistaken. He probably added an extra DLC or a level to the game. <laughs> goat, goat stuff. Who's talking about that? Where Some of these mangas are legendary, right? Even bigger than Hiromashima. And Hiromashima is legendary too, don't get it twisted. But some of these other legends, like Akishimoto, Ataite Kubo, all of them, Rumiko Takahashi, none of them are, have, and don't look like they're doing in the future what Hiromashima is doing. Like, he knows the video game business is big, big money, and he's doing his thing independent and just salute, bro. Hiromashima, amazing. Author of Gachi Yakuta, Kei Urana. One of the staff suddenly broke out into a one-person show that I was only half listening to. <laughs> Some people say, yo, Tim, Fenev, uh, you don't listen very well when I'm talking. I'll be like, I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it. Negi Haraba, author of Sentai Daishi Kaku, aka Ranger Reject. I'm currently explaining Dragon Ball to my wife. Seems she's stuck on naming someone Nappa. <laughs> That's interesting. And I always love when I explain anime, especially intricate ones like Dragon Ball. Kind of, hey, it's some dudes that they're collecting these seven balls that grant wishes. Like that, that, that's straightforward. But imagine like explaining something like Shimonetta to somebody. They would be like, a world pan why nakaba suzuki author of four nights of the apocalypse i have jackie chan movies running next to me whenever i'm tired that sounds fire oh my god i've never thought of doing that that sounds fire yoshitoki oima to your eternity i've had a lot of fun washing laundry lately i hate doing laundry and i'm actually pretty decent at it like yo you throw that shit in there put the gun you know put this on, you get it done i just don't like doing it okay people we got to talk about these real quick we talked about the top 50 best-selling manga what about the manga from jump that didn't make the top 50 what about some of the failures what about some some of the upcomers what's going on here because oricon's here for the third week of april volumes with only jujutsu kaisen and one piece that are left ranking everything else stopped ranking because it's not performing well enough and black clover didn't rank elusive samurai didn't black clover not ranking on a third week not good that's not good i'm gonna just be honest not good especially after a big i would have thought black clover probably would have picked up a bit of steam with that big reveal everybody was talking about the big reveal of the last chapter before the three month break that we have didn't do enough to really boost things up elusive samurai after that first week has not ranked witch watch after that first week has not ranked ppp did not rank at all and it's an upstart and i think the editorial staff like it and i've heard it's good so it probably could be safe i don't know but it's doing very bad Doron dororong that's out of here and shugamaru's out of here again like yo yeah i didn't rank and let's see what some of these sales for the ones that didn't rank let's see according to shoseki estimations black clover did thirteen thousand on its third week 140 that might be consistent with what it's done but that's still never great man that's still never great that's good enough for black clover to keep going but it is what it is the elusive samurai sold 5,000 this week bringing us total 67 that's still okay for upcoming witch watch sold 3,600 bringing us total almost 40 and ppp doran doran and protect me shugamaro they 
they're out of here, man. They're, they're, they're just, they're out of here. There's no, they're out of here. I will be deathly shocked if Doran and Protect Me Shugamaru survive. Like, uh, the only one out of all of them, and I'm not even, you know, Ayashimon's not even on this list. Ayashimon, I, I feel like it's going to be safe. I feel like Peepa P could be safe. I don't know. That's a toss-up. But Peepa P could be safe because people like it. But then again, that won't really say much because, you know, a lot of people like a lot of series that they say, yeah, we're getting them out of here. Put them on the swivel. And speaking of things getting out of here, oh my God, people, a big announcement of a series that ended, but there's more coming back. And that is... You may have heard of Atsushi Okubo. You don't know Atsushi Okubo? You ever heard of a series called Soul Eater? There was an author called Atsushi Okubo that wrote Soul Eater. Well, this story is not Soul Eater, and I hope I didn't get anyone's hopes up. I just wanted to kind of drum it up for the suspense factor. Fire Force is returning for a third season. I don't know if it's the final season, but it's the third season. It just says here, Fire Force, NN no Shobotai, TV anime season three in production. Yo, it would be so fire if, if they called this season the Fire Brigade of Flames. That would be perfect because that was the original translation that fans gave it. And then the official came out and it was like, oh, it's not the Brigade of Flame. Oh, it's Fire Force. All right. And that was according to a reliable Weibo user. And also, this is the 34th and final cover of Fire Force. And this is easily one of the best looking ones. I love this cover. That straight up looks like a character in Black Clover. I'm not going to say who or what, but that just looks absolutely fire. I love it. Shout outs to Atsushi Okubo. That looks so sick. I need to get back into Fire Force. Off that design alone, I'm like, yo, that shit looks creepy crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that like the main character? Like, what? I've been sleeping on Fire Force, just keeping it a buck. But yo, real dope stuff. Season 3 coming. Final volume volume cover like it's gonna be pretty good i might get back into it finish up i got like three episodes of season one and then season two and then boom here we go i really am starting to not be a big fan of the announcement of the announcement leading into eventually some point getting what we want like i'm just not a fan of that and that has definitely hit anime and manga's realm because we got an announcement for the announcement for what's coming when it comes to apparently we're getting a big interview we're getting a big interview that i love these things i love when manga ka talk i love seeing like the author of this series talking to the author of this series it's something I don't know why I just be like oh shit it's the best of both worlds let's go like, I used to go crazy for any type of interactions between Kishimoto, Kubo, and Oda. Like, that was just like, yo, dog, the big three, here we go! How legendary would it be? And I, this is a side note. How legendary would it be if one day, for Neverworld, interviewing Kubo, Oda, and Kishimoto, and we do something crazy, like, I don't know, take the funds of this and, like, donate it to, like, a big, you know, cause or something like that. That would be fire. Or taking whatever funds we can get for something like that and doing something really cool and giving back to the community. Just some ideas it'll happen one day just wait for it stick around for your boy but i say all that to say that apparently we're getting a big interview between gege akutami from jujutsu kaisen and kohei horikoshi from my hero academia a bit of a strange one to say the least because they're both very very different series and i would argue that I, if i was kohei horikoshi i'm gonna just keep it a buck and i'm not trying to be messy here but if i was kohei horikoshi i might feel a way about gege akutami in terms of and maybe not me per se but a different person if they were kohei horikoshi they would probably say like yo dog you kind of stole my spotlight like i was supposed to be the next naruto i was the big dog everybody was championing me you and demon slayer came along and destroyed everything i was building like get away from me <laughs> Like, that's the pettiness. Thankfully, these authors, they usually always be friends. And it's the fans that are just being weasels, like, fighting over nonsense. And it's like, yo, dog, Kishimoto and Oda are laughing together. What are you doing? Kohei Horikoshi x Akutami Gege interview in Jump Giga 2022 Spring Edition. And you see on the inside, they got, like, a thing that says Giga Villain. And you got Geto and Shigaraki next to each other. And then on the other page, you got Toga and Dobby. And then on the next page, I'm looking at, I see Choso, yo. 
I want this Giga. I want this Jump Giga. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that the one that's gonna have Toga on the cover as well? Holy cow. Oh my god, I need just for that interview alone. Like, obviously, it's gonna get translated and have no fear. The moment it surfaces anywhere on the internet, I will cover it. I will give you guys all of the ins and outs, the highlights, everything you wanna know about that interview. Don't worry. And you might wanna subscribe and hit that bell so that way when it does come, you know about it. And seemingly within the confines of that spring issue of Jump Giga, it says here, Jujutsu Kaisen Culling Game Visual in Jump Giga 2022 Spring. And it's just a really dope collage of like all of the characters that are participating in the culling game as it stands right now. And man, it, it's kind of wild and it's interesting as well. I always think of it on a marketing standpoint. Like, okay, what are they trying to do here other than give the fans something cool with putting Koi Otakoshi next to Jujutsu Kaisen's author? Like, are they trying to get any fans of My Hero since My Hero seemingly is ending by the end or the beginning of next year? Like, are they trying to like, yo, if you like My Hero, you might like Jujutsu Kaisen. Kohei's leaving, but Gage's here for you. Or are they trying to do vice versa? Maybe they're about to do a big rebrand for My Hero, big time skip, and they were like, yo, if we could get that Jujutsu Kaisen audience to come mess with My Hero, we'll have another juggernaut. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this unfolds. But yes, people, we are getting a Gage Akutami X Kohei Horikoshi interview. And now that I think about it, didn't they a while ago, man, we talk about so much stuff over here. I think they even went and watched the movie together, if I'm not mistaken, right? A while back. Kohei Horikoshi X Gage Akutami confirmed. And that also would add to the rumors that Gage Akutami is actually a woman because a lot of people have speculated that as well. Like, I remember when that one interview that they were supposedly doing live and there was like the mannequin there and a lot of people were like, look at the chest, that's a woman. And it turned out to be like a Mechamaru doll or something like that. Speaking of a goat, let's talk about what's happening with Hiromu Arakawa, the author of Full Metal Alchemist. Now, y'all know that Full Metal Alchemist and just this author in general, there's a lot of things going on lately. Like this author between them starting their new series, Yomi no Sugai, first chapter. I can't get enough of telling you guys, it is fire. It's from the author of Full Metal Alchemist. I'm telling you, check that first chapter. I got a video on it if you don't believe me, right here. Put it right here, Chris. Right here. But as some of you may know that watch for Never News on a regular, you know that Full Metal Alchemist has another live action, two live action movies coming after the disaster that was the first one that a lot of people hated. There's two more coming. And apparently they got Hiromu Arakawa to do a little bit of artwork for the movie. And here it is. Because it says here, Full Metal Alchemist creator Hiromu Arakawa recreates live action sequels poster as a drawing. Uh, the official website for Hagane no Renkinjutsushi Kanketsu Hen. Fukushusha Scar, Fullmetal Alchemist Final Chapter, The Avengers Scar, and Hagare no Blah Blah Blah, Fullmetal Alchemist Final Chapter, The Last Transmutation. The two upcoming live-action sequel films in the Fullmetal Alchemist franchise unveil the first three bonus handouts for theater goers on Friday. The handout will feature an illustration by original Fullmetal Alchemist author Hiromu Arakawa that recreates the film's teaser poster in the style of the manga. And I'm looking at it right here, and I ain't gonna lie, it doesn't quite work because just keeping it real in the poster it's just like you know it looks like a poster like oh snap the same big but here it almost looks like scar is a titan like one of the you know not quite that smart titans in attack on titan and it looks like attack on titan here like it looks bizarre the bonus will only be available in participating theaters from may 20th to the 22nd the first three opening days of the first film the illustration above is only the first of a planned free handouts for different periods of the film screening each featuring illustrations by arakawa the site teases the details of the other other illustrations which may include recreations of scenes in the film or entirely original illustrations pretty much whatever Hiromu Arakawa emails them back and 
then a very, very quick thing that I wanted to insert into this episode to let you guys know, and I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to make a big video. Relax. Give me some time. Bubble is out. Bubble is out on Netflix. This is big news because in case you don't know about Bubble, music done by the composer that did Naruto she put in Fairy Tale. Story by the dude that did Fate Zero, Madoka Magica. Character designs by the artist of Death Note. The list goes on and on. I'm telling you, those are three highlights alone, but that's one of the things that attracted me immediately. I was like, oh my God. And then the animation and art. And I started watching it, fell asleep because I'm like, what am I doing? I, I'm not young anymore, dog. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? In my, I'm not a teenager. I'm not in my early 20s to be able to watch anime all night. It's like four in the morning. I watch 20 minutes and I'm like, oh shit, what happened to Bubble? But yes, people, Bubble is out on Netflix. Let me know what you guys think. Have you seen it? Should I watch it? Is it worth it? Again, I watched about like 10 to 20 minutes and I passed out and I'm like, I'm going to finish that tonight because it was pretty freaking good. I didn't fall asleep because of that. It's four in the morning, dog. And it's not four in the morning now. Like it was four in the morning then. And speaking of creators coming out the woolwork, we got some really cool thing here that some fans are a little bit dicey about it because in case you don't know, they're doing this big tribute to Dragon Ball where they're having all of these incredibly huge authors coming out and drawing different volumes of the manga and they got Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro, the author of Toriko, to do one of these covers, these tributes. It says, Dragon Ball Volume 19 by Mitsutoshi Shimabukuro, Toriko, and Build King. This is part of the Dragon Ball Super Gallery project to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the series. Every month, different mangaka will redesign one of the 42 covers of the series until November 2024. So we still got two more years left of this at, or, well, yeah. A little, little less than that. And looking at the covers that he or the cover that he was supposedly doing, I was like, yo, dog, he did a good job on the art, but that's nothing like Goku in a helicopter. Like, how is Goku and Vegeta on a rock, which is an original piece? Uh, anything like this one. Like, don't get me wrong, it looks great. In fact, some might argue probably that looks better than the one of Goku in a helicopter, but I'm still like, I want a Goku in a helicopter. Now, nah, front, I actually like this better. But if the whole idea was redrawing volume covers like in different styles of like the authors, like, oh no. Although I guess it's kind of cool that they gave him a little more free reigns to be created with this project so there's that okay people and i absolutely had to share this one a lot of people are very devastated and heartbroken about this whole situation in case you don't know the voice actor of josuke from jojo's bizarre adventure as well as the rising of the shield hero from the english dub uh recently was diagnosed with stage four cancer of the colon and it's it's a sad thing to even talk about. Like, honestly, it's really, really messed up and really sad. I met dude years ago. He seemed like a very awesome dude. And it's really dope that people are coming together for this because apparently a GoFundMe campaign was launched for the actor Billy Kometz following his cancer diagnosis. It says Billy Kometz revealed on Friday that a GoFundMe campaign has launched on his behalf following a diagnosis of stage 4 colon cancer. The campaign has raised $84,000 of its original $100,000 goal thus far. The money raised will go towards travel, insurance medical bills not covered by insurance and everyday life necessities Kometz had revealed the diagnosis on YouTube on Tuesday Kometz said about 10 weeks ago he felt pain in his left shoulder blade after having difficulties going to the bathroom and keeping food down he went to the doctor and got a CAT scan Kometz has started chemotherapy and radiation therapy he's been out of the hospital for about two weeks Kometz will be taking a break from voiceover work and other voice actors are replacing him for any current and ongoing roles he will move back to Pennsylvania to be with his family he stated he'll open up a PO box for those who want to send him anything after he moves and I'm not even gonna lie, like, because he also does Rui and Demon Slayer, whatever, you know, he's, he's done a lot, I'm not saying whatever, but it's just really sad, like, they're recasting him or whatever, you know, he's allowing them to recast, even in his initial press release, said, like, please support them, you know, he's moving back home and everything, it's, it's sad, um, I send my prayers and condolences to Billy Kometz, your whole entire family, if you're watching this dude, the anime community, we're here with you, we support you, um, I'm gonna link for anybody watching um, and anybody that want to support and donate, I am going to link 
the GoFundMe in the description of this video. Um, if you can, if you financially are able to, please support Billy Kometz's GoFundMe. Um, this is serious. This is something that is really, really serious. And again, dude, if you're watching this, much love. My heart goes out to you, your family. I'm rooting for you. Um, yeah. Okay, people. So next up, I just wanted to show you real quickly the latest cover from the author of Tokyo Ghoul's new work, Chojin X. And it's so weird or bizarre or different, the covers that he is doing for this manga. If you've seen the first two, they were already bizarre. But the third one, which I want to say from what people are telling me, is related to what's happening at this current moment in the manga, I believe or something like that or was that actually the baseball i don't know but either way it's like a dude and it looks like he has a choker around his neck his face is wrapped in plastic and he possibly is even shirtless i'm sorry suishida what are you doing <laughs> like yo a part of me almost feels like this was something that he was looking at as he was drawing it and making it happen like this is really weird for a volume three and i'll be honest with you this is probably also another one of the many reasons why shueisha um and and all parties involved aren't really pushing because i don't see a big push to make chojin x big or anything like that not now anyway like i just don't see it and i think a part of it is probably he's going too abstract and too maybe mature for their taste like tokyo ghoul was one of the things that while it was a dark and really messed up and deep story there were elements to it that anybody could gravitate towards in terms of like yo this is wild oh my god the action is crazy chojin x right now still hasn't hooked people on in that aspect and i'm hoping that that changes around like i like it but i like ghoul a billion times better and i like ghoul a billion times better even you know, chapter for chapter, the first chapter, second chapter, third chapter, I like Ghoul just more. I'm hoping that changes around me. Because Suishida is an incredible author, that volume cover is interesting and something that I'm like, I don't know if he's trying to do things different or this dude is into some wild stuff because like, yo, a dude with a choker and, and a back, like what? Almost sounds like some Fifty Shades of Grey type of stuff. Like a dude's just gonna come in and just start with, I'm over just gonna come in with like belts and shit. Like, yo, I, anybody in here? Like, yo, I'm good, right? <laughs> so I'm sure there's a bunch of new Spy Family fans out there. Well, there's a couple of pieces of news. One of which you're gonna be like, I. Right cool the other one you're gonna be rocked by you're gonna be like fnav really because for starters it says here spy family musical has been officially announced for march 2023 spy family's musical will be holding auditions to cast anya and will be starting on march next year at japan's imperial theater it will continue during april and may around the country bring it over here this is something spy family all sorts of anime and manga families will go like me and my family we will go my daughter my nieces my nephews we will all go to a spy family musical we would like it's not only japanese people that love that and would support that i would gladly spend my money for that that would be the most <sighs> please do but also in spy family news something that i thought was way more cool than that apparently spy family creator tatsuya endo he's worked as an assistant on attack on titan by Hajime Isayama. Blue Lock. That's the next big sports series that is already the next big sports series. By Kanashiro Muneyuki, Nomura Yusuke. And that's in Weekly Shonen Magazine at that. And then Fire Punch by Tatsuki Fujimoto, aka author of Chainsaw Man. This dude, I believe it's a dude, forgive me if it's not. Tatsuya Endo is, wow. <laughs> He's worked with legends, dog. You worked with, on Fire Punch especially, like Fire Punch, it hits different, dog. That's very, very dark. Blue Lock and Attack on Titan. This is why you put out a series that like on volume three is selling 800,000 first week and stuff. You had greatness behind you. And I think they kind of recognized that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the main reasons. Who knows? Here, conspiracy theory. They looked at it. 
They were like, wait a minute. This Tatsuya Endo guy, he's worked on Attack on Titan, Blue Lock, and Fire Punch. Let's put this guy in a... And he got this spot, this family wholesome thing. Oh my god, he has an incredible track record. Let's put a whole bunch of marketing dollars behind it. Let's buy a bunch of these books as well so these sales could look big. They do that in the music industry all the time. Don't think that the book industry is going to be any, you know, exempt from doing shady stuff. Yes, there's a possibility that they buy 10 to 20 to 30% of the books because they're going to sell them back anyways. And it looks really good. Like, you know, we talk about numbers each and every week over here. That looks really good to any eyes of, oh, snap, it's selling well. It must be good. And oftentimes in anime manga, the big sellers, they, they be alright. But shout outs to this author. That is legendary. Also quickly about this Jump Giga issue, holy cow, this villains part, the promotional page with all the villains, this looks so sick. You got, well you got Deku amongst all of them, but then you got all for one, Shigaraki, Kaido, Lucifero, oh snap, this Jump Giga thing. Yo, it got Lucifero, Shigaraki, the dude from Marshall, Kaido, that's bad, I'm naming everybody name that I'm saying the dude from Marshall, uh, Kaido, Ghetto, and a few others that I'm not too familiar with. Is that Chainsaw Man over there? No, that's not Chainsaw, I'm not sure, but yeah, this is, I need this Jump Giga issue now, now. Now, now! Okay, people, it looks like the merch is starting to arrive to you guys' as homes. The people that picked up the Forever News 2022 official merch. Shoutouts to my guys, Lucky Banks and Adam for showing support. It means the world to me and you guys right now are on some G stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yo, appreciate it, for real. The crossover you never saw coming. Naruto characters apparently passing Dragon Ball Z characters in strength. A certain anime that a lot of people are really, really hyped for coming from a very big studio is getting more than just an extra season. Jujutsu Kaisen My Hero Academia, Shaman King, and so much. Much more. By the way, in case you missed it, it'd be a great time to subscribe and hit that bell so that way you're notified on all the latest and greatest in the anime and manga world. I keep you up to date, that way you don't gotta dig through and look for it. And off the rip, people, y'all know me. I love me some crossovers. In fact, almost every thumbnail of Forever News is a massive collage of a crossover if you think about it. Like, I literally try to put my favorite characters of every freaking anime and manga that I talk about in the thumbnail so that way we could represent a big crossover. And just in reality, crossovers are usually a good idea. I mean, we've had, you know, stuff like the Avengers become some of the biggest things. The Justice League is a cool thing, although I prefer the JLU back when Bruce Tim and all of those guys was doing everything. But nevertheless, crossovers are really freaking awesome. And apparently a massive crossover, not even just within like authors of a genre or medium, like this is a huge crossover. Probably I would argue one of the bigger crossovers I've seen. Like in the past, we've seen collaborations between Marvel and, you know, Jump and Shueisha and Kodansha. Like we've had so many different things between the Attack on Titan cross over with Spider-Man, the Avengers versus Attack on Titan. Like, we've seen a lot of different crossovers between them, but what is being done right here is really awesome because, in case you don't know, that Doctor Strange movie that is coming out, yeah, they are putting a lot of marketing dollars. They are doing a lot of really cool stuff with it, and apparently they got some powerhouses over from Jump to do some massive collaboration crossover art for the upcoming Doctor Strange film. Because it says here, special promo illustration for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness opening May 4th, 2022 in Japan, which I believe it's out as of the recording of this video. Doctor Strange illustrations by, and for starters, it's Space Brothers creator Chuya Koyama. With Space Brothers, you may or may not have heard of it, but it's a pretty big deal. Then we got a very big powerhouse, fairy tale creator Hiromashima. Fairy tale creator Hiromashima, he's been, you know, for years and upon years, knocking out hit after hit from Raid Master to Fairy Tale to Eden Zero and Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest. Like, he's been doing it up. So you got the author of Space Brothers, and you got the author of Fairy Tale, and then on top of that, you got the author, or I'm sorry, the artist of Doctor Stone, Boichi. 
Kenichi, which is kind of crazy because he was just doing another manga and then he quickly abruptly stopped and then like, hey, he's doing art for Doctor Strange. But yeah, he's also involved and the art itself, it looks pretty freaking awesome. I'm not even gonna lie. Between the three of them, I mean, is it even fair? Just keeping it real. Like they all look really cool. Like shout outs to all of them. I ain't gonna lie. They have their own distinct thing, but <laughs> Boichi just bodied them. Like easily, Boichi straight up uh, annihilates them. I mean, just looking at it, like, <laughs> yo, it's Boichi, dog. His art style is freaking God tier, legendary. That's that stuff that he be doing with that One Piece Ace spinoff and whatnot. Like, that art is just absolutely incredible. But again, I don't want to cite Hiromashima's attempts or the author of Space Brothers either because that looks cool. But it's just really dope to see anime and manga in the spotlight. Even Hiromashima posted it over on his Twitter, very proud. And he should be. Like, yet again, of course, it would be Hiromashima to be involved in all this. And in case you don't know, the creator of Fairy Tale, Hiromashima, very controversial. A lot of people in the West hate him because they were not the happiest with Fairy Tale. And ultimately, despite all of that, this man is still one of the greatest hustlers in the anime and manga industry as a whole like this dude is one of the most inspirational dudes out there because he's just constantly with his finger on the post and his foot on the necks of any manga cub because he keeps on swinging dog him being a part of this is freaking beautiful and honestly again kind of makes me a little bit i guess curious per se because one of the big things is that if i'm not mistaken these are all kodansha titles but again boichi has been synonymous with shonen jump shueisha so that just kind of makes me question even more what the hell happened he started a manga over there a, a recipe manga something over there had to abruptly end it due to sad reasons and he you know was a part of this big Hiromashima Boichi and Space Brother author and I'm forgive me for saying it because it's just hard to remember Chuya Koyama but you know them having him a part of this that was probably a big opportunity they were going to probably bring him in and make him like a big staple to you know Kodansha and the fact that this was probably already done before the cancellation and this was probably done before whatever happened that made him walk away from his new manga and Kodansha following the wrapping up of Dr. Stone but again shout outs to this this is a really cool collaboration I, I love to see it cross Crossovers always are awesome if they're done right. And this was just a cool little crossover, I guess you would say, or just collaboration in general of some really top-notch guys. Yo, so the awesome people down at Sterling Cartoons provided me the opportunity to talk to you guys again about the fantastic tale of folklore by sponsoring this video. So let's jump into this bad boy. Because in case you haven't heard about the fantastic tale of folklore, off-rip chapter one, a musical beginning starts off with basically introducing you to the world of these characters. You got the main characters, Chu, Neji Tama, and Don Kappa. And essentially, they're in this world where music is pretty much outlawed. Don Kappa is a lot older than the other two. He's a blacksmith. So think of like a more cutesy but still kind of interesting way of like a medieval time story. As I'm going through with my second read-through of it, one of the things I'm starting to notice is that it's a little bit darker than I first realized. Like, for example, one of the people that brought music back to this world, this character Boom, pretty much when we first see him, he's damn near on Dev's door. He's bloody and destroyed on the floor. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of graphic considering the fact that hey, it looks like it's, you know, kind of kiddish, but there's a lot more to it. And for the most part, the first chapter really just provides giving you everything you need to know about this world, the characterization of the characters. That way, hey, you got it in the first chapter. Everything else moving forward is giving you more story and expanding and eventually venturing off into a journey. Because in chapter two, the escape artist really dives more into just how cruel this world is in terms of the oppression of, hey, no music to the point of there's guards that are circling the block and pretty much visiting houses like, hey, we might have heard some music what's going on because something really cool about Neji Tama and Chu is the fact that they love music and they're gonna listen to music thanks to Boom no matter what even if it's against the law even though poor Don Kappa man why Don Kappa gotta be down bad and one of my favorite moments of chapter two is when Don Kappa arguably best character I'm just saying like he's a grumpy old man and he don't want to do nothing but he finally lets it off and he starts swinging on the guards and everybody's just going crazy and it's like yo time to escape leading us off into chapter three into Agworth Wood and it's kind of crazy because chapter three is really dealing with the fact 
that, hey, because of our love of music, we are now technically fugitives and on the freaking run. Where do we go? What do we do? Honestly, just seeing the camaraderie between the three of them, the fact that, you know, Don Coppa's really reluctant to even do any of this and he's kind of forced into the situation. Then you got Chu and Neji Tama that are just optimistic and one of them sometimes just doesn't quite get it. Neji Tama can be a wild card at times. It's like, yo. But the best thing I really enjoyed from the first three chapters was the fact that the third chapter, despite the fact that they're fugitives and everything is all messed up and they finally got the truth of what this world really is and what's going on, it gives you these interesting, wacky character designs with a little bit of a dark tone just barely underneath it, but also making sure to provide a little bit of optimism as the journey goes on so that way you're not in complete despair of like, yo, dog, we're fugitives, we can't do music, what, 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 what? The Fantastic Tale of Folklore by Sterling Cartoons. Go check it out, link in the description below and the pinned top comment. The Fantastic Tale of Folklore, Volume 1. Now available at SterlingCartoons.com. And speaking of top-notch guys, what if I told you guys right now that uh, Naruto characters have apparently passed Dragon Ball Z characters based on what has gone down and some of the side stories? Because I had no idea that apparently the Boruto manga and anime, you know, both of them or whatever, but apparently the characters are nerfed to death. Everybody knows that shit. What the fuck am I even saying? <laughs> But apparently the characters in Naruto and Boruto have been way more nerfed than even I thought. I genuinely thought like, ah, maybe they're a little bit stronger. And there was that rumor way back when, I, I think it was even towards the end of Naruto, that if I'm not mistaken, Kishimoto supposedly had said that Madara is like at Nappa's power level. And then that was kind of like supposedly never said or something. It was weird because I felt like it was confirmed at one given point he said that. It was like an actual article. And then that kind of got wiped away. But in a way, that's to say that, you know, the Naruto characters at most, let's just say, maybe Madara could have been and I, even then I wouldn't put it I, I, as much as I love Madara and in terms of like as a character Madara is 10 billion times greater of a character than somebody like Nappa ultimately Nappa would still absolutely crush him but when you compare apparently what has gone down in some of the Boruto novels I didn't realize that the Otsutsuki were this broken and that's probably why towards the end of the manga it was a rocky thing because probably Kishimoto wanted to make the Otsutsuki even stronger than what he did with Kaguya and everything at the end of the Naruto manga because geez I'm gonna read this small excerpt from one of the Naruto Boruto novels and you're gonna understand just how freaking strong Momoshiki is like pretty much from what I gathered again it kind of actually puts him on the level of Nappa now that I think about it but like canonically if this was canon somewhere in an unknown world the dying fury sun emitted a synchrotron radiation as it agonized making the earth's surface coppery like a bright and colorful northern aurora reduced to ruins a great metropolis full of innumerable deaths in its center was a noble person who wore a celestial robe that had been touched by a speck of dust was sitting on a large stump biting something. At first glance, his appearance was that of a beautiful young man, but he exuded an ugliness with his cruel, cunning, and evil expression. From his head grew two horns that curved inward, proving that he was not a human being, and in both eyes, he had the Byakugan. Mm, for a world with a low level of civilization, it is a tolerable crop. What he was biting was the Shinju that sprouted in that land. Now turned into a pitiful stump to produce a fruit, just to harvest it, he very simply destroyed that star and everyone who lived there and then there's a little bit more here that somebody had sent me Naruto was inside darkness he didn't think they'd gotten very far from the village of Konohagakure but rather than saying this was some place he didn't remember it'd be more accurate to say this was a parallel universe again this just sounds so crazy this doesn't even sound like Naruto Boruto at all but part of me considering the fact especially like with the Boruto anime where it's at right now this sounds more interesting than that 
that, it was terribly cold and distortions rippled through the sky. It plainly wasn't the airspace of its own universe. Kaguya had held the power of sending people into parallel universes too. Is this something like a keke or a hyperspace? About half of it looked like the second-hand knowledge he had of the games his son played, but this place shouldn't be all that different from his own universe. Naruto's movements were hindered. And again, I believe this is all from like the Boruto Naruto the movie stuff and this is how strong this dude was that he was blowing up stars and Naruto was just kind of there like not able to do much which technically Naruto really wasn't able to do much against a lot of people in Boruto but yeah and then we got this little piece of info from the person that provided all this they said Momoshiki created a hyperspace that is pretty broken because a hyperspace is a space with more than three dimensions or a fourth dimensional feat I don't like dimensional tiering but 4D are characters that can move in time for the, to the future or the past it's ridiculously powerful it's also time hacks resistance pretty much somebody like you watch from Bleach or Sinbad from Magi like those are like god tier powers Momoshiki felt like it so he causes a supernova this is a solar system feat it's not that impressive compared to his other feats but destroying a solar system casually isn't an easy task either essentially if Momoshiki wanted to and they were going by that power scaling he could have blown up not only Konoha but the entire ninja world just like that and it was only his greed and his obsession with the Shinju that basically had him powering down and like obviously we know that for a fact it was said he is weak against hand-to-hand -hand jutsu so yeah like i can do big blast think freezer right freezer can do big blast well freezer at the release in the freezer saga could kick some ass you know i don't know about after that but and either way wow honestly that legitimately puts naruto and boruto characters at the very least again maybe saiyan saga somewhere around there if like you're able to blow up stars and shit like that like that's what vegeta did in that arlian filler episode where he blew up a planet and we've seen before even in dragon ball now like think about it roshi blowing up the moon and stuff like those are dragon ball-esque feats and a part of me feels like maybe they shouldn't have gone into Naruto Boruto or matter of fact I feel like probably at some point they will go into Naruto and Boruto probably whatever next installment comes out to Boruto yes I know people are saying uh, oh there's gonna be something after Boruto it's too much money Naruto is still making so much money Naruto is making more money than Boruto right now so you think they're not gonna say okay we kind of you know messed up maybe a little bit with this Boruto idea we're gonna do more and I know you're probably thinking yo Fenev that's just what you want well yes one I do want more Naruto at some given point where he's the focal center point I love the character I've grown with the character yada yada but also I look at it from a business standpoint like Shueisha is like Shonen Jump is they're a business they're gonna do more and I know we trailed off from this topic so I'm gonna leave this one alone now and tell you that Naruto characters in the novels are just as strong as like early Z characters crazy maybe that rumor wasn't off about Nappa and Madara being in the ballpark together I don't know, it just didn't feel like that. And I love Madara, and Madara fought a war with no eyes against all the tail beasts in the Shinobi War Alliance, but, well, maybe that does put him on. I, I don't know, let's move on. Vinland Saga fans, get ready, people. Get hype, you're not even gonna believe this right now. Like, you was already like, yo, dog, we're getting a second season, I'm hype, okay, let's go. And then when I tell you this right now, you're gonna be like, there, there is a god because it's been a little bit tricky with this series right like we know that at the end of the day, studio with the original studio that had them they started going through some financial issues i mean it seems like they're still battling them now but they're trying to fight through it because they're doing collaborative works like the series spy family and stuff like that but in essence after doing what felt like a masterpiece in a modern day class which was vinland saga season one yeah apparently they passed off the rights to do vinland saga season two over to studio mappa due to what seems like they're having again some financial issues 
issues. I believe we reported a few months back that they're about like $5 million in the hole. However, fear not, people, because despite the fact that, yes, it is switching studios, we're not, hopefully anyway, going to be looking at a Seven Deadly Sins Studio Dean situation where it was like, hey, we went from this is freaking great to why does it exist? Because not only is apparently the entire staff, as we reported before, from Studio Wit going over to Studio Mappa to work on Villain Saga pretty much from the director, everybody involved, they're just going to have a different, you know, roof over their head, but it's still going to be pretty much the same team. But there's also the criticism that a lot of fans say that apparently Vinland Saga, following the events of what happened in season one, at the very least in the manga, was pretty slow and there's like some farm life I guess from what I hear and whatnot and a lot of people aren't fans of it and I think that that's what spurred on this decision because apparently Vinland Saga will be receiving a third and possible fourth season in a way and not in a bad way either let me explain I want to be clear about this one and it appears that this was leaked out in one of the latest issues of the magazine that it is published in because it has like what looks like an older Thorfinn I guess on the cover spoiler alert and based on some of the extra details we got it says here breaking news regarding season two of Vinland Saga it's official the new season will be produced by Studio Mappa it was confirmed by the manga creator Yuki Mura and the anime director Yabuta on a Twitter space. And oh my god, well, it's not like I would have been able to really follow the conversation. But I remember I saw that Yuki Mura, the author, was on a Twitter space. I want to say maybe like yesterday. And I was like, ooh, I should check it out. But I was like, hey, I forgot. I don't really know how to understand fluent Japanese. The studio changed from Wit to Mappa. The staff will remain the same. They're working now on editing the trailer for season two. Yuki Mura asked the director Yabuta to adapt the whole manga, not just season two. Recording voices and editing are in progress. Progress. Last chapter of the manga was a joy to the readers. This will not last long though as this confirmed that the next chapter will show a lot of suffering and agony. Yay. But yes people from what it's sounding like there's a huge possibility that all of Villain Saga is going to get adapted and I know that the manga is seemingly ongoing but who knows depending on how long it takes for them to adapt the anime kind of like what happened with Jojo's that it's given Araki a, a long enough time to he even wrapped up a whole part part eight uh during the run of the Jojo's anime yeah they could probably as they keep on going because it was what 2019 that Villain Saga season one came out we might get season two this year is it confirmed for this year I'm not sure if it's confirmed for this year but if we get season two this year or next year that's plenty of time in between seasons for them to keep on working on it and at the same time for Yuki Mora to get done with his manga so it could be a full-on faithful adaptation and considering the trend for a lot of manga now is to end anyways and allow the anime to kind of be the primary source of like pushing it they're probably gonna go that route so I'm guessing you can expect an announcement I'm going to throw in there maybe like within the next three four five years for Vinland Saga to end which is still crazy amount of time from now but yeah they're doing like you know these 12 to 24s every three to four years that's plenty of time for him to write more and write his story and finish it up the way he wants to but still nevertheless a big win to hear that Vinland Saga more than likely as long as we support and show that we really love this stuff it's gonna keep on going for a long time let's freaking go Jujutsu Kaisen fans I got some good news especially if you're a fan of Jujutsu Kaisen Zero because in case you don't know over here on Panava News we've been reporting on all of the massive and significant updates when it comes to the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero film it's been rising I remember when we first started reporting it was like the 80th biggest movie or something like that and now it's climbed up yet again surpassing another movie because now Jujutsu Kaisen Zero has officially hit the seventh highest earning anime film. I believe it surpassed a Doraemon film, uh, which is kind of wild because Doraemon, if you know anything about it, is a huge, huge title over there in Japan. But Jujutsu Kaisen yet again hitting number seven. It's 
honestly surreal. It's kind of crazy that I'm going to keep it real with you. Just think about it for a second. Jujutsu Kaisen is one of the few that in terms of sales and in terms of things like this is still keeping hope for like newbies. Like One Piece is always going to do One Piece. It's just One Piece. You know, it might might decline a little bit, but it still has so many people that love it and care about it that it's still going to, you know, it's going to rock out. Jujutsu Kaisen in terms of the newer generation is really one of the only ones that is doing these numbers that it's just constantly impressive and breaking records at this point. Like a lot of those record-breaking things has slowly stopped for a lot of series. Demon Slayer ain't putting out nothing new. My Hero Academia is kind of wrapping it up. It's increasing still in sales, which is good, but it's not really, you know, bringing in, oh my God, it's the biggest thing in the world. Like even the film, it did pretty good and it had a really outstanding, huge female fan base, but oh my God, I just thought of a crazy thing. Like imagine My Hero Academia had like some time skip and it was produced by like Disney and written by Disney. Oh! And the reason I had that thought is because I posted that poll over there on the community tab regarding what would y'all do if Shonen Jump was bought by Disney and yikes. Oof. I don't even want to think about that, okay? I, I don't even want to think about it. But yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen, seventh biggest anime film. Let's go. Let's hit number six. I don't know how much more this film can be in theaters because realistically speaking, in Japan, it's been in theaters since Christmas Eve and dog, we in May. Like, yo, as of the recording of this video, probably by the release, we're like the Cinco de Mayo. How we go from December 25th to Cinco de Mayo and you still in theaters. Like, worldwide, it started coming out a little bit fairly recently. So that's not that big of a deal, but gosh, darn it, yo. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, seventh biggest anime film. And I believe that's like of all time, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that's just in like Japan. And while we're on the topic of anime films that are either successful or just in the ballpark or just in, hey, transition land, because we're going into the next story. One Piece film Red. Y'all know I've been giving you guys the updates and the goods. We already know a lot about this film. We know it's about to be primarily about Shanks somewhat. It's about to be about this little girl that is seemingly Shanks's daughter, so to speak. So we have a little bit of insight into where this is all going. We don't necessarily know when it takes place in the story. I'm imagining that it's probably going to take place maybe like right after Wano. Wherever they go, whatever happens after Wano, I'm going to guess that. Which, in fact, now that I think about it, makes me wonder. If the film comes out in August, who knows? Maybe they might end Wano in the manga around August, which would be perfect. Like, Wano ends, the movie comes out, you almost feel like you went from straight reading what happened in the manga to you're continuing the events with the movie. That's that's really genius. But I digress because the update is not about any of that stuff. It's about One Piece Film Red anime revealing the design for Uta as a child. The official Twitter account for the upcoming One Piece Film Red anime film revealed a new design on Wednesday. I know, I just want to throw you off. It's Wednesday. I, I know, I know. Showing the film's key character, Uta, as a child. Uta is Shanks's daughter, quote-unquote. I still feel like the film is going to pull some shit where it's like, oh, uh, you know, he calls her his daughter, you know, like he had, but, uh, mm. and I hope not because I think it would be really dope and even if it kind of, you know, conflicts somewhat that the manga never really mentioned it, there could be a very good reason why Shanks, a pirate that is wanted by the world government, is kind of going to keep his seed a hush-hush, you know what I'm saying? The film teased Uta as a new character and a new key visual as seen in the right in March and the film will open in Japan August 6th and, you know, it's her little design but more importantly, yo, imagine this, right? Imagine Wano wraps up, let's just say, if this movie comes out August 6th, Wano drops a chapter somewhere within the first week of August before that film, right? Boom! Shanks shows up at the end of Wano, reveals that he is evil somehow, and then it goes into this film, and it's like, yo, he was kind of a piece of crap, and that's why Uta didn't have her dad. That would be... 
Wow. Goro Taniguchi, who did Kogias, One Piece Defeat the Pirate Ganzaki special, is directing the film. And also returning is Tsutomu Kuroiwa, who did One Piece Film Gold, One Piece Heart of Gold, Gantz, Zero Live Action, and Black Butler. Uh, the writing of it, he's writing the screenplay. Oda also designed the Battleware characters for the film, which have a theme of Rock X Pirates and feature leather and studs for a Middle Ages armor vibe. And I really, really hope with that whole Rock Pirate thing that, yo, can we bring Captain Rocks? Like, is that, you gotta think about it, right? These films take a while to come to fruition. They gotta plan it. They gotta really get something that is like, this is going to sell. People are going to care about it. It aligns with the manga when, you know, and the anime, where it's at and whatnot. And I think, to be honest with you, whenever it was, which I think it was like 2019, 2020, that Oda revealed all of that about Captain Rocks and how Big Mom and Kaido and all of them were on his crew back in the days. I think that's probably when he came up with the concept for this film. And he was like, well, this film ain't going to come out for 100 million years. Let me foreshadow it now so that way the fans later on down the road can say, ah, Oda, you're such a freak genius goda we love you which is pretty much how that process works when we do say that it's like it starts off with hey i got an idea to foreshadow something and then oda lets it simmer and cook and build for two three four hundred years but yes people one piece film red reveals uta as a child again it comes out august 6th and rock pirates features leather and studs for a middle ages armor vibe i really hope we get to see captain rocks i really hope that this film is all about captain rocks in fact i hope that that whole leak that came out years ago that it was going to be called one piece rocks and all that i hope that was actually legit and once that leaked out they were like oh it's way too early for this to leak like we're gonna have to change this like there's no way it could go out like that or they were testing the waters to see if people really loved it and it didn't do what they wanted they were like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll just call it something else for film red why not meanwhile in my hero academia related news something that i thought wasn't really the biggest of newses but i guess because horikoshi went into full-on detail with this character it is a big deal because in case you don't know one of the big things about my hero academia i'd argue whether or not it's a big thing but either way invisible girl in my hero academia for the longest time you never saw who she was because she was invisible you never got to see her face and i want to say it was maybe three four five months back now that we actually got a glimpse of what she looked like due to a certain scene in the manga but for the most part i felt like that was the big reveal we get to see what she looks like however apparently and i want to say this is probably from one of the latest volumes if i'm not mistaken my hero academia gave a full-on horikoshi gave a very detailed drawing of what she actually looks like in the manga and i'll be honest with you i like her design I wish she wasn't invisible and I don't know if Horikoshi's held on to this design for a long time and decided to use it now or what, what's going on but that is a really awesome design can she not be invisible anymore I'm just saying and then also he has Kirishima there and Kirishima looks badass and just shout outs to that I love the extras like sometimes these extras really are worth it in these volumes like if that's an extra from 34 if I'm not mistaken that is a really really awesome extra and a really awesome tidbit even though again I feel like we saw Invisible Girl for the most part although she kind of looked slightly different than this like this is again really detailed Shoutouts to Invisible Girl. Here we are in 2022 and I just shouted out Invisible Girl. I don't know, I guess maybe because my hero is ending, I'm just saying some wild stuff. Okay, next up, people, this segment, it might get a little heated. I might get a little bit upset because the nature of it is a little bit delicate, but also it's just kind of like, yo, people like this and things like this to happen is what really sours and downs the anime and manga community. Stuff like this, when people come in, creeps like this come in and do these things, it makes it bad for the rest of us because then we got people that is like, yo, they're not going to really want to participate. They're not going to want to be involved in stuff. They're going to look 
look at it like, oh, even people that aren't in, especially for that matter, into anime and manga, they're gonna look like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the stereotype. They're living up to it because apparently, according to this, it says a man was arrested after taking photographs of cosplayers at low angles. And based off this image, you could kind of see for the most part what this creep was doing. And I keep it a buck with you. First of all, I'm glad that they caught him. Second of all, that's why I report on things like this to put out a message that if you do something like that and you get caught doing some wild stuff like that, you're going to be on for never news. And I'm going to put you on blast because you're ruining the community. You're doing horrible things and you're a creep. You're a nasty, like straight up and down. Looking at that, I'm like, yo, what, what's wrong with him, dog? And I think too, because I have family members. I got nieces, my daughter, you know what I'm saying? Like you ever did something like that, you know, all bets are off. On top of that, I got a niece that likes to cosplay, dog. If something like that ever happened to my niece, I couldn't even tell you what would happen. I would just tell you that it'd be a bad situation. So I guess I wanted to kind of put this one on front street that, hey, if you do things like this, you're going to be put on front street. You're not going to get the attention of like, oh, the recognition. We're just going to say, hey, look at this dirt ball. Don't do that stuff because you're going to get put on front street. Kind of holding people accountable for their actions. Think of it like Fenever World's donkey of the day. And the baka of the day for this episode is this bozo that was doing these disgusting and disturbing things like this. Again, a PSA. Don't do weirdo stuff. Enjoy the community in a healthy and normal fashion. Yeah. Or else. And then jumping into this story, I'm not even going to front. I want to walk something a little bit back. A little bit. Just a little bit. I'm going to walk a little bit of this back because I did report on a story regarding some dude that <laughs> he kind of went off the rails. Pretty much he was like dating a hologram of Hatsune Miku and like and the only way he could like communicate with the hologram was via this like app. It was really really bizarre stuff. Just keeping it a buck. It's very very strange stuff and ultimately he felt like he was destroyed because he couldn't talk to his wife no more and I'm not even gonna lie I did go in a little bit harsh with the jokes and and I let him fly and ultimately I'm not even gonna lie. While yes there is a certain amount of holy cow what is this dude doing? What is wrong with you? Still nevertheless I don't like to be disrespectful and I don't like to bully or pick on people because it came out a little bit of this guy's story and I'm gonna read it to you so you can understand what led him to this um decision to make you know to hey I'm dating a 16 year old hologram named Hatsune Miku because I believe this is his Twitter account and this could all be a troll but this was blowing up it says his name is Akihiko Kondo my name is Akihiko Kondo my job is a civil servant I married Hatsune Miku who lives in my house about 15 years ago I was bullied at work and took a leave of absence but thanks to her I was able to return to work she saved me I love Hatsune Miku I am very happy and while by no means am I gonna say hey yeah this is totally like normal and stuff like that because keeping it a buck that's just like whoa ultimately I can sympathize at the very least I can empathize with the person that he went through some really tough stuff they probably really bullied him to whole hell and this was his traumatic response is it something that I would do hell to the mob oh no but I kind of understand in terms of you being traumatized in terms of you being you know suffering probably PTSD due to these people bullying you severely that you might go off the rails a little bit but I just gave it a buck with you like <laughs> it couldn't be me lads I don't care if we in a Chobits verse if you ever seen the anime Chobits it still couldn't be me lads so I want to apologize in terms of the harshness of some of my jokes because yeah this dude is clearly struggling with himself I think it's a little wild that got bullied at work and went and married a hologram for 
for 15 years that's like whoa but again i can empathize i feel bad and i guess that's also like the whole gray area of stuff right because if i was a comedian i could crack jokes all day and it's like yo no he's a comedian and that's fine and all just keeping it a buck comedy is just another form of art if you can you know express yourself in that manner why can't i express myself in terms of hey this is a little out there but no seriously i like i know i went back and forth with this one i feel bad for you and right here people we got a solid and the pun was very intended update on dr stone because apparently dr stone has reached 13 million copies in circulation but ultimately it's you know over now so probably 13 million after you know the last few volumes come out and all the back stuff it'll probably sit comfortably at 14 or 15 within the next year or two and yeah that's kind of the end of dr stone i don't know how much that anime is going to be able to push volume sales for it i guess we'll have to wait and see right but it's still cool to get updates on it despite the fact that it ended and yeah 13 million for dr stone and the anime is still going so and actually i take that back it could raise as high as i'm going to say 17 or 18 and then maybe 20 after a long period it could get to 20 million but again that's a long period unless the anime just goes crazy and grabs a lot of people then in other related news while shaman king is getting a sequel anime based off the shaman king flowers manga like you know the anime side of things which wow hold up why is it that i'm starting to notice more and more the anime industry continues to like we're hearing all these flourishing things in a way right like there's just always a new movie announcement a new anime announcement a new spinoff but when it comes to the manga a lot of bad news could they have sacrificed the manga publishing industry in favor of the money they get from the anime licensing stuff because shaman king's shoujo spinoff shaman king and a garden by nuasawa kyo take hiroyuki and kusamura jet will end today in the latest nakayoshi issue june 2022 and it only had four volumes and that's probably because they decided to go off with the shaman king flowers anime sequel they were like no no no, no, no. we ain't gonna do this one just end it or maybe that's exactly what they're gonna do after shaman king flowers is oh we got that completed four volume manga let's make a movie out of that or let's make a short anime let's make 12 episodes whatever so that could be the possibility as well like i'm starting to notice netflix is having now that they got jojo under their thumb like 50 freaking spinoffs and stuff is coming from jojo's it could very well be the same thing because i believe they also have shaman king but i'm sure they're not hurting too bad when it comes to the publishing company shueisha because one of their biggest newbies that's came out already what about a year and some change don the don it has reached 1.4 million copies in circulation in case you don't know about don the don i read like i don't even know how many of the first whatever chapters like a lot of the first chapters and it was freaking amazing it was fire i loved it it's from somebody that worked with the author of chainsaw man tatsuki fujimoto and it's just it's edgy it's crazy it's zany it's wacky it's a little bit different and 1.4 million copies i like to see it it is definitely booming and while we're talking about booming i know i, I i'm just great with the transitions first day of shoseki for may volumes is here meaning just the volumes and what they place we don't have the full sales figures yet not many releases but still expected positions that meddle with other series backlogs in the top let's see how they progress and my hero is looking like it's in the charge in terms of the new jump releases with the latest volume of star and stripe if you don't own a single volume of my hero you gotta own that one baby look at look at her but it looks like my hero at the very least based off day one sales is at number one marshall based off day one sales is at number 10 and undead unluck at 22 and if i'm keeping it a buck fanboy aside because realistically i would choose the star and stripe cover every time i love star and stripe but undead unluck probably has my favorite of the three covers but all of them are really amazing covers and it's kind of a shame that i don't know undead unluck i'm starting to wonder is it going to be a big one or you know jump why are you sleeping on it i mean you know 22 depending on what the sales are it's not the greatest thing in the world but it's still been somewhat consistent Marshall, we know y'all sending that to the moon and my hero 
Damn, I just remember like Star and Stripe. I love Star and Stripe so much. But yeah, people, these are the first day of Shoseki rankings, and my hero is leading the charge, and the other two are kind of like in. Like my hero is probably the biggest surprise, and I think of it of hey, it's number one. Usually it releases with other stuff, and it'll be two, three, but it's straight up number one. And then again, we got some of the noobs. We'll see. We'll check back with this when we get the full on numbers. And something that I did want to update you guys on, in case you haven't been following, that does Josuke from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, as well as now Fumi from Rising of the shield hero billy Komets, uh recently was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and uh he pretty much gave up all his roles and moved back home and he had to be recasted and one of the big things as well okay now fumi and rising of the shield hero especially with season two moving forward who's going to voice him because right now if i'm not mistaken i believe either they're gearing up to start releasing the dub or the dub is already airing and uh the recasting for him happened already and they got steven Fu as now fumi um just shout outs to billy Komets, man we we always gonna think about you, Billy Komets, and we're always gonna be wishing you well, and we're always gonna keep hoping the best for you, man. We love you, and I genuinely say that. We we got mad love for you, yo. Now Fumi's vowed to fight against the calamities, waves terrorizing other nations, and the English dub of the Rising of the Shield Hill season two premieres May fourth. So while you're watching this video, the dub is out if you want to check out the first episode. Leaving us with the final story of the evening: the Oricon top ten weekly chart by series. So these are the top ten series of this week that sold. You know, it could be a cumulative. It could be volumes one through whatever they released that add to this and at number 10 is comey can't communicate 42,000 isn't that about to end soon then we got my dress up darling 44,000 takopi's original sin that one's been making waves lately i've been talking about that one a lot lately uh detective conan 70,000 i believe that's what volume 101 or 100 uh ao ashi with 73,000 then top five one piece at five with 91 golden kamui whoa golden kamui wait is this maybe that's week one of golden kamui or something a buck 20 uh jujutsu Kaisen 175, Tokyo Avengers 189, and then number one, that anime clearly showing that it's making major moves for it, Spy Family with 550,000 copies for the week, and that is probably a good chunk of it at the very least due to a new volume being released and the anime being a smash hit off the gate because it's based on something that will make Vin Diesel start driving his car really fast. Family! But that's all I have for this one. I'm curious what you guys think. Most important story, favorite story. What do you love about Forever News? Tell me something. That's all I have for this one. I'm Forever World, and as always, people have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule: anime and manga for life. Bye. Have an awesome day. Peace, and you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. Subscribe and hit that bell to get all notifications. Oh, I'm just saying, lad. Yeah.